0: This is an SM Media production. Hello everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of The Sit Down right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike and I'm delighted to be here again. I'm joined this week by the former Kilmarnock, A United, Partick Thistle man, and the best player I think ever to play in the Irish League,
1: Mark Roberts. Mark, Pleasure to be on. Thanks very much, mate. Yeah, well, hi, great to be on. That's <laughs> some statement that best player <laughs> to play in the Irish League. <laughs> There's a few good players playing that, to be fair. <laughs> How
0: have you been? You all right?
1: Good, aye. 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 Just the same as everybody else, just getting by and doing, doing what we need today to get through this. Massing the football. Right. Whether we get it back back playing or training and all that, it's, that's a difficult bit, and all, isn't it? So. No, it's been long. We everything, everybody can't wait to get back. Players, punters, everybody just to get back in and the real stuff. Because even the games you know, you're watching. like I could we'll do some of the commandment stuff they you know, and games are so slow. So no, you the fans. That no, was rubbish, with no, the fans. It doesn't it's, it's, it's work. It
0: doesn't no. work. But I suppose you've got to start somewhere. And what's been your kind of big takeaway for the whole thing? Like it's been changed times, but obviously you've not, like, what's the big difference you've noticed Like the whole thing? from a football point of view, more
1: than anything? I don't, I don't know, because I've, I've kind of been out it, to be honest. Even, oh, I left Queen's Park way back in January there, and then it obviously kicked in in March. So, I've actually been quite happy not to be in it since, since this has happened. I would, yeah. I, I would hate to have been a manager or a coach during this period, uh, due to the uncertainty all, and then telling players you're coming back, and, oh, you can't come back and obtain oh, this, and all, all the different procedures you need to, play and, to put in place. i would be my head in. Mm-hmm. To be so, at the moment, I'm quite glad to be out. So, again, once everything starts right again and, and you get punters back through the door, I'll start action again to get back in. So, but as I say, I've, it's not really been. I, I was out for a couple of months before, two or three months before this started. So, it's not really changed much for me, to be honest. But as I say, I'm, I've no missed it that much in terms of being in the game because, again, I can handle the, the uncertainty. Of the all.
0: So, even can I do it the since March? You've just been.
1: Keeping busy? <laughs> Sit the <my> nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just I, I keep fit anyway. I'm, I'm one of these kind of ex-players that don't want to go the, the way 99% of them going. they all go fat and a wee bit heavy and stuff like that. I can't do that. So I've seen too many of my, my pals do that. So no, I've kept fit and I still obviously want to keep playing away until, until someone comes up in the, the management game. So I can still play at junior level if I uh, find a team that wants me and, and go for there. So but. As I say it's, it's, been, it's been long, but everybody's just want to get back and get in a it, don't they? Brilliant.
0: It's been a long storied career you've had, so can a of at the, the beginning. What was your kind of early years, like kind of growing up and family life and things like that, when you get started out?
1: Same as probably every other kid back in the 80s, uh, you just got grown, grown up in the streets, playing football every day, all day long, till your mum shouts you in for your dinner, you can eat three bits of your crispy pancakes and then bother off back <laughs> I get shouted in at 10 o'clock at night to get, because that's, you've got school the next day, but, oh, that, that's pretty much, grew up on the streets, doing that, and shortly, uh, short these boys, so, and then got a good grounding, uh, nah. kind of learn how to, kind of look after yourself a wee bit, and then we, uh, just, I ended up playing boys club football right through, until, until the senior clubs came knocking on the door, and, there was a lot of them at that time, we were about 14 and 15, and, you were training every night of the week, with different teams and stuff like that, but, the boys club stuff and I played with Dragon Boys Club for probably under Thames and I went to, go after that, I think it was Loudon Valley and then played with Kingsmead which is East Ayrshire, mm-hmm. they're a great side, played down in Cumnock area and it was, they, were, they were top notch at the time and then I went to Belfield and Belfield is where all the guys that were signed with pro teams went, we were all, we were all kind of signed up at that point and with a great team so and then for the you progress in it your, your senior career. So and then it's been long since then.
0: Yeah. So who was kind of grow? Who, you said there were kind of players in the same team? Who was kind of playing on that team that kind of folk would know? In
1: the, the Belfield team. Uh, we had guys like Alan Kerr, who played. We not played with Kumala, Queenie South, and that. So Neil Devlin, who was, who was excellent, had to actually retire through injury. Yeah, he okay. United. Neil was a brilliant striker. Guys like Scott McCulloch went on to play with Rangers, Partick Thistle, Colin Eldrum, Kelly yeah. Goley, yeah. Uh, Charlie Adams, uh, another banger who's a school teacher I now, mean, but he went on to play with oh, didn't, he, didn't he play a lot of games with Kamala, but then went on to Partick Thistle and played. So everybody went on to have some sort of career, uh, Yeah. level, whether it was, what, it was a year or two or ten or whatever, but everybody went on and played some part. So that no, was a good team, I mean, and we had good manager, Barry Devlin, who's mm-hmm. But people know who Barry Devon is with the, the breakdown recovery stuff and all that. So Barry, Barry was brilliant, and obviously Neil was his boy as well. Played up front with Neil for, for years, so no, it was it. Was good times, great times. That's when boys club was boys club mm-hmm. was really good.
0: Yeah, obviously as well. Like you, yeah. you, kind of, you were a football fan all your days. Who did you kind of grow up supporting, and who were your kind of heroes growing up?
1: Uh, Tottenham of all teams. As I? Aye, aye. Still a Tottenham supporter to this day. Uh, I was Glenn Hoddle was my hero. Aye, no, right, no, okay. Glenn Hoddle was—he's was just pure elegance the way he played. Yeah, uh, you didn't know. I think he was—he was left-footed, but a lot of people wouldn't know that because he was that good. But he was right. He was—he was different class. If he was playing, he'd be worth hundreds of millions. He was just in a different level back in the days. So skillful and elegant. Uh, and also Marco van Basten was another one. Yeah, he broke through. He was a hero. And Maradona obviously was the, the kind of main guy at the time. But there were probably the three. Heroes, they were phenomenal. But I, I would say Glen Hoddle, just because I, back when I was younger, I played kind of more centre midfield. All right, okay. Uh, and obviously, supporting Tottenham and watching them, he was he was the man for me.
0: Brilliant. Obviously, when you kind of uh, Belfield were, were Commander scouts there a lot, or were you getting recognised pretty early?
1: I pretty much. Hey, I think when you were kind of one of the better players, around about that time, you always had people come watching. But it wasn't just command Came and watched Belfield games because we played in the Glasgow League.
0: Right, okay. And
1: the Erse League was too easy. You're winning games ten and fifteen nil most weeks, and it was it was pointless, wasn't it? You weren't challenging yourself so we moved up in the Glasgow League, which was unheard of back in the days for an Erse team to do that. Yeah, and not we end up playing against like Rangers and Celtic and yet far and United all the kind of big boys club teams up that way. So we're not there it was great, but again, that's when right, you had all the scouts for you, all over at that point, come coming to watch for games. So. If you were doing well, it wasn't hard to get fixed up with one of them. So, and I say a lot of the boys were all training. I'm we'll training like three, four, five times a week with different clubs, and, and it was good times. Great. It's a wee bit different nowadays. It's when your guys are going into your pro youth at 11 year old and stuff like that, and training four times a week. It's yeah,
0: it's a
1: different setup now. So, but no, it was good. Good, and really enjoyed the boys' club stuff way back in the day.
0: So, as you say, was it was it an easy choice to kind of go to Comarnac, or was there other teams that that?
1: Can I? No, I had loads of options. Uh, I was doing it at my United a few times and they asked me to sign as well. All right, okay. That, was, that, was at 50, that would have been at 15 before I signed with Comarnock. Uh, Rangers had asked me to sign. I'd been in training with Dundee United, Motherwell, Hibs, uh, Celtic. Loads of teams. Aston Villa were interested as well and things like that. But I've been doing it at my United a few times. and uh, boy, Alan Kerr, went to me as well. Right. No, okay. Uh, when doing there, and it was one of the ones that you get the opportunity to go. And did you want to take it? I was kind of still like a young boy, staying with mom and dad, obviously. And I'm, but your mum boy and stuff like that. So, commander obviously asked me to sign, and and I remember having a conversation with with Jim Fleeton. I was playing reserve football but I like fifteen year old as well. So, yeah. As you come here, you get an opportunity really quick. It was actually Tommy Bonson that spoke to me. He was kind of involved with the reserves at the time, and and he said. Uh, you come here, you learn quick, you'll get in the team with the time you're 16, because you, you thought it was that good, so, again, when you're hearing somebody telling you that when you're still a school kid, the guy yeah. who returns you, yeah. you, you take notice, and that was probably the swaying factor for me, mm-hmm. and you get an opportunity really quickly, and I did, I left school, I think I left school in the, the end of December, and I was in the first team, I, played my, I made my debut in the start of February, so... Again, he was, he was writing what he said. No, don't give me an I wasn't in the most memorable debuts, but we'll get into that. <laughs> what about your school days? Like, what were, your, were you desperate to go to school?
0: Or did you have I any was subjects?
1: Oh, oh. Man, no. I was, all, I was all interested in playing football. History and music, that was it. Was that right? Aye, I, I just I didn't bother with school. i was just carry on and Again, I'm not a great role model when I say that, <laughs> but again, that's, oh, I had one thing. My mind was just to be a footballer and, I, I was kind of focused on that for day one, and I wish I wish knew that I'd probably stuck in more eh, at school and, and got more qualifications. And even after, when I when I went full time as a as a player at that with all that spare time you have in your hands, and so much wasted time in the afternoons when you could have been making yourself better, or, or, or going and learning another trade or something, or going to college or something. now nah, but you'd been snooker holes and playing <laughs> the go-karts and stuff and playing golf and stuff like that just a, a waste at youth but again it was great fun <laughs> I enjoyed it I enjoyed mm. it but it could have been put to mere use
0: So you said there about your first game for Kilmarna and your, your debut at youth level just talk us through that experience
1: my first, my first first team game for Kilmarna was a Scotch Cup tie against Medibank Aye. which is we're now Livingston
0: Yeah
1: uh, <laughs> We play I was a sub I was a sub and we'd come on, I think i come on after about an hour, and within I think, 20 seconds I'd punch the ball in the net and get booked. Nice. So, so that, that was, a, was a great start, I actually <laughs> thought I'd score, I was running away cheering, if, I was like, you know, nah, nah yeah, I care. But, uh, and I always remember Tommy Burns saying to me about this, you cost me, five, that's £500, pound, it cost the club. And Jim Fleeton was got Danny's dinger, because you, if you get booked in eight days in the Scottish Cup, it's 500 quid. so. Is that right?
0: That
1: was a good start, and it went up a penalty shootout, I missed a penalty. <laughs> I know, I know. So it was the walking up to take the penalty, cocky sixteen-year-old thing. Ah, man, phases you. I, I do not even know if the, the the shot has actually reached the goal yet. It was that bad. So yeah. it was a rubbish penalty, but something's ah, happening.
0: So, mm. If you talk, if you talk to like any player from the from the days, they always talk about how different it was playing. You would play with players so much older than you. Was that a vital experience in getting? Could
1: you that? I, Best thing ever happened that I can see playing reserve. Fit, but you're playing with you're, fit, you're playing with men, and that's what you don't see in the game now. I don't look about and see any real men. Right. Uh, it's strange because football's a kind of younger game than now But back in the days, when I was I was breaking into the reserve team, I was getting in there with guys like Charles Mccluskey, right, okay. Craig Patson Billy Stark would be playing. Tommy Burns would play. Uh, even Bobby Wilson, if he not the one they weren't playing in the first team, they always playing the reserves on the Monday night, and that's who you were playing with. And it was the best ground ever because see if you won the attic, you were at it, you were getting ass kicked basically.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I love that. Again, I don't think there's enough of that in the game now. Players are too mollycoddle, and there's, there's no reserve fit. There's no any real reserve by any anywhere now. It's just a, a, a glorified like a youth league as well. So it's called under 20s or under 21s or whatever it may be. Or, again, it's just all kids playing each and every other again who have played played with each other right through if ten right up to 20 year old, and they're still playing against the same people. no are getting tested. Whereas you were coming up, even in the days playing the reserve games, you were, you were playing against internationals as well. Because again, if they didn't play at a club on a Saturday, you would play on a Monday night. So you could play Rangers and you would play against guys like Netshov and Richard Goff and stuff yeah. like that. If they would maybe come back for injury or suspension or something like that. And brilliant, great days because you learn against the guys and, and tell you what, it's unforgiven. You see, if you're not at it, they give you a hard time. Yeah. And it was a much more aggressive in the days as well. And, and again, I was lucky at that age when at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen 16, 17 in the reserve team that you you actually knew what the game was all about because you won the Molly Coddle because if you were playing in a reserve game, you would get hammered. Guys would come through the back and you, be hitting in the back of and didn't care what age you were. No. The only man do was get back in the first team and it was a uh, good, good time. Good time. And again, it was vital at that, that stage of a young player's career to get that. And I was lucky at that stage that I did. mm mm-hmm.
0: Obviously, you made your debut and you got a kind of settled on in the team after that. The kind of person who kind of t- brought you through was Tommy Burns. Just tell us some kind of Tommy Burns stories how much he a, was, a brilliant a, guy he was.
1: He was a madman. Was he? was a lunatic. A lot of people don't know that. though. I think mean, he was quite mild mannered, but he was a lunatic at times. <laughs> but he was the best. He was a brilliant. Him and Billy Starr was a good cop, bad cop. Stark yeah. was a kind of mere reserved, the kind of mere reserve, the kind of big like straight up nice talking guy but you couldn't cross him either if listen, if you did one of them things right you'd like you know, but when Burns went in around he was he was a Raven lunatic he had he used to foam at the mouth sometimes and go ment. I remember playing Hibs one day at Rogue Park and I me and Mart Skillen were in the middle of the part so nil nil at half time and Hibs were gaining us a wee bit of doing, but they just couldn't score. So we're coming off the park at half time and turned to Skull on the way off and goes, I think we're going to get it here. I think he's going to give us a hard time. And Skills like, we so are the young boys, you'll go for the older ones. So we walked in, <laughs> sat down, stupidly enough, we sat down together and Burns <sighs> is going Gone. Mental Used to get these big pots of tea, big massive, massive pots of tea with all the tea bags and the milk in it. Picked up and just chucked it, it and everything. so me and Scale just sitting there, no, no saying a word. Absolutely crap, myself. All the older boys are going mental because he's throwing things at and all that. But, no, he was he was mad but he was unbelievably so good at getting the best out of you. Yeah. He was he was hard but he was he was great. So it was the wee things that he used to teach you that you're know, wow, and I still use to this day. And the upbringing that he, he gave me is maybe the reason that I can still play just now or the reason that I went into management. So it took a lot but what he gave me and I done that. So again he was he, he, what a footballer he was as well. Really yeah. clever. So he was, Again, he was, he, was, he was hard as nails as well. He wasn't scared to put his foot in, but he could play. Yeah. But
2: it was, it was, again, at that
1: age, at 15, 16, 17, when, when I first met Tommy, to get involved with something like that at that age was, was vital for every young player to have that kind of role model.
0: And was there an aura about him as well? Like, did did you see the, just all the circles on?
1: I, to be fair, he used to call me the, the son of Burns. Uh, I was his yeah. boy kind of thing. But I, there was a fear there because you knew right. that, if you, if you crossed him, he would go nuts. Uh, but, he, but he had a, a great fun side to him as well. And again, he had the whole package as a manager because he was the player manager at the time. Yeah. And he knew, he knew when to take a step back. He knew when to have fun. And and again, when I went there and I'd done that, it was I kind of took a look what he'd done into what I'd done as well. And he was great. It was great. But he's, he, as you see, he has that aura. He used to walk about and, okay, as a manager coming, he's going to give me a hard time. And then come in and go all fun and games and. Then next time you'd see him, he'd be having a go at you. But I uh, was, but he looked after me. To be fair, but he was, I was his kind of boy. So
0: brilliant! You can imagine, uh, you can imagine, can I start on the team just as they were trying to gain promotion? like your game promotion was in ninety two, ninety three, or was it
1: the year before that? Uh, we get. I uh, we came up on ninety two, ninety three. Aye, aye. So uh, was it, how good? Sure. How good was that
0: team just to get back to where they should be?
1: It just when Tommy came in and took the team, he, he completely changed it in terms of he's like we're not technically the best team in the world, he says, but a couple of days will be the hardest team to beat and the goats playing a certain way. Uh, and that year it probably even never even really kicked into we went into Premier League, but he made this, he turned us into a pressing team and it was all doing the hard work and then when you, you did get the opportunities you got you had guys like Bobby Wallace who could score goals and George McCluskey and all these guys that were Technically good enough. They would turn your, your defeats into draws, your draws into wins. Where a lot yeah. of the other teams like, didn't they have that. So, but I, we finished. I think we finished second that year. Yeah. Didn't we win it? Hey, it was it was a kind of struggle because we, we were one of the favourites at that point, especially with Tom and Billy taking an over. It was everybody thought it was going to be a walkover, but it wasn't. It was hard. It was a tough league, and there was a lot of really good football players back, even in the low lower leagues in the days. And I think Hamilton. Right, I think did Hamilton win it? Yeah, Hamilton sure. won it. Yeah, I played them in the last game of the season and. What, they were hitting the bar, they were getting... It was just one of the nervy, nervy days, and then we eventually got out of the line and again, come on up in there ever since. And again, it's, it's how... It's what... Even Jim Fleeton and even Bobby Fleeton was the chairman at the time, and they started it, and Tommy and Billy started took on to another level to get us into the Premier League, and then the club stayed there for quite a long, long time now. So, again, it's all down to them, I think. The
0: mm-hmm. game promotion and probably... Uh, something that will stick with you forever. Scoring the a won and goal, was in 1993. Just talking through your memories of that. That game's was a 2-0 victory.
1: Two one it was. Two one. I uh, my memories of that day was was weird. We used to go, used to train in the morning before we played. She'd so get in Rugby Park. Tommy was one of these guys who always brought you in together. set set a wee bit of shave in the morning in a game. So we trained in at Rugby Park, and it was a glorious day. And then so. I'm sitting in the dressing room before we went out to training guys and shout in. So he shouts me in and him and Billy Stark are sitting there. And he's like, how ah, are I'm like, ah, fine, I ain't no bother. I'm looking forward to the day. And he's like, got to start the other day. And I'm like, right, ah, no bother. That's just that kind of cocky face. I could. could. Inside, I was like, holy oh God, here we go. <laughs> we're in front of 50 odd thousand people here at 17 year old or whatever it was. And, uh, so we went out and we done our men. We in our shape, our set pieces. We went up to the hotel, got food and everything. remember getting to the ground and. I'd never been inside Ibrox, like right through into where the, the away dressing room so yeah. I was. So I taking the hampers in off the bus and I put one of the hampers in the bus. But there's kind of loads of wee corridors in, in Ibrox and I got lost. And I remember John Gregg was walking towards me and I'm like, oh, God, it's John Greg And he's like, kind of quite arrogant, I felt. And he came up to me and he's like, hey, what you doing here, son? What, what, what you doing here? And I was like, um, I'm, with I'm just putting the hampers in. And I was like, tell me where to go. And I was like, I thought he was a wee bit arrogant as if I was just, a stupid young boy which I was which I was <laughs> and I had a wee hang my heels I'd love to score the day I always remember that and then we played the game and it, it turned out that I did score and we, we only went on to win 2-1 it was mental day but don't really remember too much about the game but I just I remember I always remember the morning and then I kind of get told when I was playing and when I go to the ground and all that but mental day mental how day good I how, how had been so
0: how good was that Rangers team went to get a result like that against them
1: I could have been about 42 that day. I they battered. It's like, oh, they absolutely hammered his eye. They were a good team. You up front that day you had Mark Hatley and Duncan Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And if they two played nowadays, they'd just pick up defenders and throw them about. They were big, strong, aggressive Gordon Jury was playing, you had uh, Richard Goff was playing uh, just a phenomenal. Really good Trevor Stephen, another one who was world class at that time as yeah. well. A really, really good team how we get through that game and win it, I will never know. But again, it's from doing it in history and it was, you kind know, one of the Kelly's better days and it was great to be part of. Brilliant. I'm gonna
0: ask you about the, something that I've always wanted to ask you about is the, the infamous trip to Korea.
1: Just talk me through that. <laughs> the, the most stupid trip of all time. <laughs> Why on earth would anybody play at the end of season? Tournament in South Korea, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we get told about. It. I think the club are get, I think the club are getting like a hundred grand or something like that. Uh, we get told we we're, we're going to play a tournament after the season's finished. We're all like, probably oh, like they sit on the beach in Malibu and David boys they go mad. And now uh, we're going to South Korea. We're all peeing myself laughing like it's kidding me. On. So a few boys couldn't go because they were away with like, the Scotland Twenty Ones, and and a few boys had booked up holidays with their family and all that So that. Like, so it was a kind of, a kind of depleted squad, but. So because I were there, thirteen hours in the plane, boys are all booze and got mental. Get <laughs> over there, it was like forty-five degrees. Training, uh, we could could hardly breathe and all that. It was just, just felt like a, a, a daft trip. But we had to play some good teams. We had to play Costa Rica national team, mm-hmm. South Korea national team, and uh, I think it was a Rio de Janeiro select Brazilian team. We all the kind of better players for in the league. over there, so it was it was decent quality. We were out for a jolly to be fair, but. <laughs> Wow, some of the stories I can tell you I remember a chairman was a and we would barricade him in his room and we would barricade <laughs> the manager Abzal Tottenham him manager he would barricade yeah. him in his room and the food was horrendous the food was disgusting it was like the rice would come out one night and then the next night you'd be like that's the same rice so we used to put like peas underneath the rice just to, to kind of test to see if it, they were getting as fresh stuff next night you would lift up the rice and the, the peas were still sitting there it was disgusting so we're in TGI Fridays every night in the, sit- <laughs> in the middle of Seoul all these young boys between 18 and 30 just jumping about in the middle of Seoul, one of the biggest cities in the world, we're like, what are we doing in nightclubs, don't know how we get in them and stuff like that, but there's loads of stories I could tell, but it's, it's probably not the right boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so obviously... It's, it's good I...
1: characters in the days, the good boys went on that trip.
0: Who hey, were the kind of characters in that team like?
1: Uh, <laughs> Me. <laughs> 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 but Billy Finley, yeah, Bobby Williamson was assistant manager. He was still bonkers at the time. Alan Kerr. Uh, Lee Beggy David Bagan. So we had just, well, Derek Anderson was another one, it was just all full of fun as well. Robert Connor, another one. Yeah. Putworth was there. Cole McKeel, another couple of boys that were good boys too. So
0: Was that a good team spirit as well? Like
1: I I boys I loved it. We just but a great bunch. I, I would say right through for when I was there for ninety-two, right through I left in two thousand. I think that the dressing room was, was why wide. Command done well. Yeah. We were always together, and right through even to when the last year that I was there, it was it was great. So you never have a fault, and that's a big thing for a football club if you can get your dressing room right and you get decent yeah. players, well, you'll
0: be all right. Yeah, you said there about Alec Totten coming in as well. Like just he was another kind of come through with Joe Wallace as well. we'll just talk about his kind of impact in the dressing room.
1: I had it was a strange because when, when Tommy left, Tommy was a favourite for an awful lot of his. yeah. And he, I don't think it was a popular choice in the dressing room, to be honest, right. And again, I was for me, it wasn't for me anyway, because I wanted to obviously I wanted to work with Tommy a lot longer than what I did. And when, when Totten came in, Totten was renowned for getting his end players in and no giving right, okay. younger guys a chance, and that, that was a worry for a lot, especially when I. It was at that kind of crucial stage where you broke in, you've done all right. You just want to go and play more games. And I didn't play a lot of games under him. He, kept, he signed a lot of his, his own players, which every manager would do anyway. But then he give the young boys a chance. And then, But we did relatively well under him for a wee while. And then it kind of went a wee bit stale. And then he left and then Bobby got the job. But it was strange because Tottenham eventually signed me for Falkirk. Aye. Uh, so when I left Cormorant in 2000, he was the first guy for me and he's like, do you want to say me Falker? And I was like, no, you wouldn't play me for Commander. Why would I come to Falker? So he says, come up and meet me. So I went up and met him up in the Garfield up Glasgow, uh, up in the hotel and started doing his like, First thing I said, so why did you never play me? He's like, aye son, I like my dad. Experience, I wanted experience. I goes, well, I'm 24 year old, and you're signing me now because I, but you've been running the block a wee bit now. So, <laughs> gave me a great deal at to really, can a lot of money actually. Yeah. Uh, and I was, it was only what I was a one year deal because Falkirk was a wee bit of trouble financially at the time. Yeah, the money he was me I was like, Pfft. and it was a, it was a big mistake. It was a big mistake. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have went down to a, which is new championship level. I should have went and stayed in the Premier League. And it wasn't because of money. I just should have went. Own trial. If nobody was going to sign I could have at least went trial to the Premier League club and, and took that chance to go because I knew I was good enough to go and play still in that at that level, but I dropped down and it's probably the biggest mistake I made in my career. All oh, right, right, okay. Uh, Bobby Williamson comes in after that. Obviously
0: he's he was there. He, been, you you've know, been he'd been there all, all through your spell. The of you know, pinnacle of his, his time was the Scottish Cup win in nineteen ninety seven. How do you know how
1: were you known the team? <sighs> Devastated me that it really did. It was weird because the week I think it was two weeks before it was the last league game. Right. Paul Wright got a bad injury, and he, I think he, got his thigh all cut, and it was, he was struggling with, it and he was, he wasn't, he probably wasn't going to make the cup final. The, the way everybody was talking, so I came in play against Aberdeen. I'm, I think I was on the bench against Aberdeen, so I was like, right, at least I'm, I'm involved here. At least I, I know I'm not going to be too far away if we've been involved in the cup final day. And, Eventually Gangie came to me three two or three days before the final and says that hey, you're not gonna be stripped it, it was a horrible feeling. It was, it was me and Alan Kerry pulled in at the time, but at the same time I actually told you we're not gonna be in the squad and it was like somebody hitting you with a sledgehammer. Especially being for Kelly and growing up having yeah. been that long. You're like kind of local the boys they just wanted want to be involved in that and there was other people that you knew shouldn't have been on the bench or shouldn't have been involved. Maybe not in the start of living, but there's couple on the bench and I don't think they should go in there but they go on before us and the rest is history to be fair but it was a such a kind of bittersweet thing the cup final for me I was, I was I've was. i never been more disappointed in my career in anything but you just saw you wanted to today with the boys to win to win for Kamala in the tune and you see what it was like after it it was definitely worth it but it always sticks in my throat a wee bit I wasn't involved in that and when you can't come back to go you can't have any any regrets because at that time I was doing everything I possibly could to get in the team and it just was not be. And where you of hard working in training, would you? It's an end, I'm the biggest staff in the world when it comes to off the pitch and in the dressing room and all that and I, I, I carried on but day, it's worked with me and whether it's as, as a player or whatever, any manager or any coach will tell you that when it comes to training I am I was always at it, always worked hard and I can still have a wee bit of fun and games at, at training but see if you're working hard and, you're, and you know when there's a time to work that's that's when you need to do it and to be fair for all my career I've, I've always made sure that I trained right and looked after myself and made sure that when it, was, when it was time to work I was there but as soon as I came off that training pitch I was half my head a wee bit <laughs> and that probably went against me a lot that's and again in hindsight I probably shouldn't have been that way but you kind of change who you are and, and the people are, again when there was opportunities to maybe I thought to go to other clubs, it was, I think it was probably a wee perception in me, mean, the type of guy I was and, and what I was like, but as I say, if anybody who has ever worked with me will tell you that I did, I did train right and I did work hard, so. Good.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bobby Wilson brings in a few players in you know, his spell, he brings in McCoy and Durant. <laughs> you must have loved them.
1: They're <laughs> bonkers, absolute bonkers. They two hate each other. <laughs> They absolutely slaughtered each and every day, like right to the bone stuff. I loved it; it was great. Uh, But they were best mates. There they were; they were brilliant. And again, that took the dressing room up to another level. Again, I think after when when we won the cup, everyone was brilliant. But it's hard to to keep it at that level. Yeah. And I think Bobby was really clever in that. And I need to find a way to make sure that the club stays where we are. now and bringing him to and kept it kept the. The focus in the spotlight on Command for a couple of years while we were there and, and McCoy's didn't turn out to be a brilliant sign he brilliant for the dressing room and stuff like that didn't score I don't think he scored a lot of goals for Command but Gerrand was phenomenal yeah, he I came guess in. I guess in Scotland cap as well doesn't he he, he did yeah, he got Scotland cap after that and he was, completely changed his game for what he was when he was younger but he came in and he would dominate games and he was a terrible trainer you see if you hadn't say about him behind, what a horrendous trainer he was he used to go in the for all the time walk off the training pitch and I used to argue with him pretty much daily, but unbelievable guy, great laugh. Another one, great fun about the dressing room, too. But uh, again, when I came to the game on a Saturday, he was always at it, he'd be excellent.
0: So, obviously, you kind know, of then, that's about 90, you know, 1998. And do you, do you feel then that your you know, time at command was coming to an end, or were you.
1: Ninety eight. No, I, I felt that was my best period, for like 98, 99. And getting into that two thousand season, uh, the ninety nine two thousand season, I was I played a lot of games and was kind of always involved. Whether if I wasn't involved for the start line, I was always on the bench, uh, and I felt I was starting to learn my position and kind of grow up a wee bit in terms of I wanted to play with out for a long time, and then I just at the start of the season, two ninety nine would have been ninety nine two thousand. I it kind of went just did me go right. I started to see, the first I think I played against Aberdeen, first league game, played against Rangers, I think I played Rangers, then Aberdeen, and then we played Reky in the UEFA Cup, and then yeah. after, I never played another minute, to come on, not ever again.
0: And the loan to the as well, did that come as a shock?
1: No, because nah, it was, I, no, because I was not playing, I was not playing, I was getting bored, just, in the days you could only play a certain, I think it was only two or three over 21s or something in the reserves at the time. Again, so we were only getting a lot of games, and with the opportunity came along to go to there, I just thought, I'll go. But again, it, was, it, was, it wasn't for me, it wasn't great. Uh, I didn't like the way that it didn't feel like it wasn't a good club for me in terms of who was in charge at the time. Uh, but I was only there a month, I think I only played, I think it was only two games in that month that I was there because of the weather. And it was always Baltic every day up there, world worst place, world five, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> So I came back doing, and I just basically seen out the season. It was, and I had a lot in my mind whether I was going to move on or was I going to try and stick it and see what happens. I still had another year of my contract to go, and I decided just to get to that point. I see a white falcon, which again turned out for me to be the the best decision that I made. But that's what as you make them and you've got to deal with them. Mm-hmm.
0: You then go on to you Was it two thousand and
1: one?
2: Probably.
0: Yeah. See, because of kind of how the the club was been handled financially, was was there a bad kind of vibe in the in the club at the time that like what was going on, or was it just?
1: No, that's that's up there with one of the best dressing rooms I've been in. Okay. Uh, we, we were a gang. We, we we used to call ourselves Wimbledon. Wimbledon. We, we the <laughs> they were just a gang. We used to turn up. We didn't have any training gear. We trained it. Right. Trained just everywhere, wherever somebody would let us go, in. we'd go to Glasgow Green and train. We used to turn up, and the boys turn up with heart shorts and a Man United tap or just, <laughs> just normal socks. with all oh, just we a, a gang. We're an absolute gang. But what a team that was! That was the we used to be. We to go to the Premier League that year. I think we finished second the championship. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of we only had seen like on a Monday and a Tuesday we'd have like four or five players training because everybody was injured. And we only had a squad of sixteen, and it was so even the manager Ian McCall put you on the bench. One game up at Willis County Ian McCall was at that point was not the skinniest thing? the guys still isn't he to be fair I do know thank me for saying that but we, if he would kept every default we would have won that league easily and part of, I think part of won the league that year and got up but we had guys in the team as myself there was Jerome Farai, we had yes. uh, uh, Owen Coyle John Henley Big Neil McFarlane played with Comala Alan McManus Kevin James Alan Ferguson the goalie we had Sandy Stewart again loads of experience in the team but loads of ability and we were excellent that was what a great fit for the team we were yeah. and I, we, won the, we won the Challenge Cup that yeah. year we finished second in the league and again if we had a bigger squad then I mean, we couldn't have a bigger squad because there was no money because you were getting money and in a envelope at times and it was just it was crazy Aye. I, remember, I remember we played we played Rangers at Ibrox in a cup game I think it beat us 2-1 and then we played the Challenge Cup final uh, the weekend and I think they said we'll give you £500 appearance for Ibrox we'll give you £500 a win to beat Al give us a thousand pound invoke on the weekend, you're like, oh, I quite like this. <laughs> I quite not as good through the books, I don't think at that point. Needless <laughs> to say the club went bust and, uh, and it became a bit of shambles at the end
0: Just when you touch on Owen Coyle, how good a player was he like and as a manager? Like
1: I did not play with him as a, under him as a manager. He right. was, was a teammate of mine, but as a centre forward he was the best finisher I've played with. Really? Miles, Miles Bert McCoy's when it came to finishing. was He, he? Was, Oh, Miles better aye. 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 Left foot, right foot, thinking goalies, he'd he would score head, he You wouldn't think that he was he was just technically brilliant, I and he always I played up front of him, so I would always be the one that'd go and show for the ball and try and make runs up the side and he would just hang about a six yard box, score for four yards, he would be in the paper the next day, score the hat trick and I'm <laughs> leaving him last running up and try to link the play for him and all that but Used to remind me of Nzagi. Nzagi used to score for like a yard and run away with a hand on so us if he'd scored a World Day. <laughs> kidding me? on? Just beat three men and leave it on a plate for him. <laughs> but he was brought, he was another great lad in the dressing room, too. Yeah. He was top notch, a good boy. And then he drank. Yeah. Then he drank. Then he just loved his iron brew and his fists up on a Friday night. And <laughs> t- terrible diet, but he was built a, a wee paper army stick. But he could certainly finish. He was yeah. naturally gifted when it came to that. So.
0: Uh, then we touch on the kind of big surprise of your kind of career. You moved to the Irish league where you play for Shelburne. How did that move come about? Like, was there a connection it, to there? Or?
1: It was through, it was actually through Owen Coyle. Because when Airdrie when went bust, I was one day, wise, you're kind of in limbo, you didn't know what you were doing yeah. today. Uh, I don't know how Owen knew Pat Fenlon. Right. Coyle, Coyle phoned me up and he's like, Pat Fenlon's what you talking? about. I was like, Who's Pat Fenlon and <laughs> clubs? And he's like, you know, he's the manager of Shelburne, and I, I knew who Shelbourne were because we played in the, the cup winners' cup yeah. against them. So I knew they were the kind of the top team over there. I was like, oh, I am. God, that sounds quite good. Uh, so he going on the phone. And he said, "Do you want like to come over?" The season, had, I think the season had started. It was only because they kind of went. I think they went July to February. I think it was mean, or something like that. Whatever it was. Uh, I was like, "I'll come over. I'll come over." So I went over in the, the Friday morning, trained in the Friday morning and they were playing I Jogger joggered on the Friday night. Uh, he says, Do you want to go on the bench as a trialist? I am like, I need bother. So after the game he came out and he gave me an envelope. And again Shell was <laughs> kinda okay, a guy called Oli who was the chairman who had something to do with Shergar and stuff like that. He was a crude guy he's dead now to be fair. But I, I there was another club went bust. <laughs> <laughs> come up to me the Friday night had they signed Oli played as a trialist mate and uh, they come up and they gave me an envelope we, or this cash in it. And I was like, sat He goes, That's ah, your wages. I goes, I got a plane this morning. I've just <laughs> sat at the bench, might come on for twenty-five minutes, you'll be like, ah, So so you'll we'll have a wee chat, you can go home and then come back and we'll have a wee chat with you What he's saying So phone me off, he's like, ah, it was 900 pounds or 900 euros he gave me. I'm like, one day, I was like, I quite like this. <laughs> so I was like, I was quite intrigued by it because I wanted to try something a wee bit different. So he gave me the phone call and he says, well, we're playing the Champions League qualifiers against a Berlins or Malta. We're going out for a week before it to acclimatise. And I was like, right, okay. And when we come back, we're playing Man United in a friendly. So we yeah. bang, we played them in the M-3 and we're playing Man United on Sunday. So uh, it was a time when uh, Roy Keane had uh, seen the World Cup when he, went, he yeah. wore, had it left. and came earlier, it was the South Korea World Cup. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so that was his first game back for Man United, so we were playing them on Sunday, so I was, he's like, ah, he goes, "It's obviously uh, Keane's going to be playing, so it'll be a full house. it's Man United, they bring all their big guns, and I was like, ah. aye, okay, so I signed to them, when I were playing against, at some of the team, playing against Hibs and Walter, came back, played against Man U, and Man U had guys like Keane and Verón, like, uh Blanc, Mr. or these guys, Bart. It. it was all it was all the big guns apart from the English ones because they 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 go further in the tournament. So yeah. in the World Cup. So oh, this is the bad hour here. Uh, I did. I loved my time. I was there for, and it was a, it was pretty much the full season. I think it went from July right through to February, whatever it was, and, and then when I came back, it was great. What a great time. I was there living in Dublin. It yeah. was a standard like. like was it a good standard? And it was very good. Aye, I I was probably low-end Premier League, top-end right. Championship Scotland, aye, and that was the thing that I was kind of worried about, about going there because it was a lot better in the Northern Irish League. It was a lot, lot better than that, but when I were there, the training was all professional. Pat Fellum was a great manager. Really enjoyed working under him. was Every day training, you were at it again. He was one of these guys who you let him mess about, so it was great, great, and I enjoyed it. I had a great time there. The we guy, Wes and that went on to play with Norwich. yeah. Orich.
2: yeah.
1: Pat was my kind of my buddy over there, and he was just kind of coming through it at the time, so I took him under my wing, which wasn't a great idea for him. <laughs> uh, but he would already have a, a great career, he's, he's a multi-millionaire for a long time doing in England, and again, we had some some great time again, loads and loads of stories. We were took the boat, Dublin City Centre, and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. but and I remember Pat Fenland, He he actually banned wee Weasel for actually living in my house. He wasn't allowed to house and all that. The chairman owned all the houses in the bit that I stayed. So no one knew when he was there, but you see he pulled in the office all the time. So he can he be in here, who's he a young boy and all that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in he'd have.
0: <double> <laughs> so you win the league? Is mean, that probably the best one of the best achievements of your career winning the
1: the league? Uh, I don't know, no. I, I, just there's loads of different things. I haven't seen the promotions I were here with here Aaron Partick were yeah. were great because I was a big it was kinda of fun favourite with the fans over here in in at day two clubs at the time. So I that's probably not a bigger achievement, probably felt the best thing that ever happened to me and how good it made me feel and, and again, I mean was a big party and with the amount of goals at I scored for the two clubs. So but again the the Dublin playing over there was great, it really was and again I'm glad I experienced it to go and stay in a city like that for a wee while and and it's probably the right time to to get away from Scottish football and try something different but when that was done actually they wanted me to re again but I decided I wanted to get back because I didn't want to get forgotten about Scotland and, yeah. I, and wee bit, I was in limbo for a wee bit and didn't enjoy my football for a wee while that was probably my, my least favourite time in my career when I came back maybe I shouldn't have done that but you anyway, oh. know
0: You came back to St Marin. like how was that as a, was that who, who, who,
2: signed,
1: who signed you for St Mirren? Was John Coughlin, right? Uh, I came back, and Owen Coyle was the manager of Falkirk at the time, right? Sorry, Ian McCall was the manager Ian of Falkirk, so I went in. Uh, I went in there, and I trained. When I came back, I went in trained, and he, he offered me a contract. He offered me a, year, a couple of years, whatever it was. He offered me, and uh, I was going to sign it, but he's he's phoned me up the day before I was going to sign, and he says, "He just to let you know, I'm going to Dundee United." Right. But whatever you did, don't sign with Falkirk. The and I'm like, uh, right, okay. So no bother. up. So he goes to Dundee United. He phones. He phones me out again. That's he goes, I'll tell you what, I'll bring you in in the summer. He goes, I'm going to get in here, fetch stuff at Dundee United, and I'll bring you in the summer. I was, I was delighted, but I didn't want to be at Falkirk because he wasn't there. I was even right. the reason he was going to sign with Falkirk because I didn't have a great relationship with the fans there. So I he, would, he would have got me through that in terms of kind of smooth the other type of thing so end up no going inside me with St Mirren and wow it was just mm, what a terrible club that was at the time Why was that? Just always, I, I don't know it just I wasn't a great atmosphere in the place I, I didn't like it I went in and I signed when I probably shouldn't have signed but I done it because I just wanted to play at the end of the season so I had just done the United thing in the back of my mind so I was like alright I'll go in here I'll play at the end of the season and then I'll go for there but I didn't, I didn't. do myself any any favours going there. I didn't do myself justice. And again, you've, you learn from your mistakes. I have another one that I probably made that I didn't really throw myself into as much as I should have because I had some in the back of my mind that was going back to the Premier League with Andy United. And again, I only played there for I think February right through to the end of May. And it yeah, was it was five months. Say. I Gus got the job after that, and then and I got offered a two year deal. at at Marin actually before Gus got the job. Uh, <laughs> this this enough? It's, it's weird. And it was one of the ones because it was a two year. I was thinking about it, but I spoke to Ian McCall. And Ian McCall we spoke about a contract at Dundee United, somewhere to stay and stuff like that. And I like, ain't no problem. So I told someone I wasn't going to sign. And then at the last minute, uh, Ian McCall we pulled the plug on it. Said the chairman was a back on the aim and I'm like that. Just turned in a two year deal with. Would you call it some someone, uh, uh, and I went back to someone. They said no, the deal's was off the table. <laughs> so basically, I had f- gone for having a two year deal at St Mon, with Gus McPherson coming in to be the, the manager, and obviously, I had a deal at Dundee United, they both fell through within the space of a few days, so I was kind of stuck at that point. And yeah, no, it was, that's back back furry. It's mad, the right place, well, it was round place, round time kind of thing for me.
0: Yeah. You so, went back to your know, after that? Did you I did, know uh, uh, it a difference with the kind of uh, how they, obviously it was a different club technically, but. Did you notice that, like, there was a big difference? As a couple,
1: you knew it was run right then. Once yeah. I went back, there. Uh, again, I, I dropped down to would, would be League One now. Yeah. Uh, was that a great idea? Because all, all I to do was try and kickstart that clearly career a wee bit. So within the space of a month, I was going. I was. Like I thought I was going back to play in the Premier League to then go and play in League One football. It was a gamble. Uh, and and I, I went back and I played for a while and kinda of enjoyed it, we ended up winning the league. Uh, and go we to uh, the Challenge Cup final again and but it didn't For the first time I was at Airdrie it felt it was great. It just clicked, fit it, brilliant, but this time it didn't. And uh, I didn't I did really enjoy my time there. But then I got the opportunity to move for the party for this That was the best Do you find that do
0: you think that was the move you needed?
1: Oh I I as soon as I, I got told that I think. Airdre, we were Airdre United were in the Championship at the time, and Partick had went down to League One. Right. Partick when when I get the phone call for Partick do you want to come and sign here, I was like, Partick, this all. compared to what United was, it was a much bigger club.
2: Yeah.
1: And I went. They, I spoke to Sandy Stewart, and Sandy's like, Listen, I don't particularly want you to leave. He goes, but if you want to go, they want you to get in training the Friday. If you want to get and train see see what you think, and then give me a phone after training. I went into training the Friday and I was in I was I swear to God I must have been in the place about three minutes and I phoned him up and said, i am just got to sign here. I need to mm-hmm. train yet. I just knew as soon as I walked in I goes, that's what I wanted to and it just felt right and it turned out it was a it was a right, good decision I made. One of the, the few I didn't make my career. But was it that Campbell
0: who signed you?
1: Aye ah, he's bonkers, He's great. He's, he's He's, he's at that owned, Campbell story. School. <laughs> nah, that cap, Jesus. He's mental. He was used to he's been sitting there. I remember playing Morton Day at Capo. I don't know if you know that the dressing rooms are right next to each other, right like right close. Right, okay. He's just come through the tunnel and the away the, the one's there and the him the, the one's there. So you can hear everything. If the manager's shouting, you can hear their manager shouting, it's, so it's one so we're sitting in the dressing room before the game and the Campbell's looking in the dressing room like, hey. He's like you He's run every day one by one he says, Give me a name of a song. The boys are songs away and so, Campbell, <laughs> so, so he came round at me and I was like, ah, my way. Frank's in Asher and he's like, ah, no. So that Campbell starts belting out <laughs> <laughs> over my way, the whole song. But when it came to the chorus, we all joined in. It was before the game mine, so I thought the Martin players must have been sitting there dressing for about four minutes, going, they're still singing that song. <laughs> <laughs> We're all jumped in the Yeah. So we are all buzzing, couldn't wait to go out, we're not going to beat 3 0. was but he was mentally taken in, he'd make you sing happy birthday, birthday to him, and you'd find, it. wait, that was oh, not my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> he just saying happy birthday to him before a game, and but he was he was great at the party of this, fans gave him a touring time. He had a my mm-hmm. really, really hard time, and he came in, he go and promote it. He'd, he'd always promote it, and that following season, we kind of, I kind of, bottom half of the, the, the championship and punters just wanted them out um, and came as soon as punters start stamping their feet and and it's hard to like manager yeah. there, chairman and all the directors and when they read all these websites and fans forums and all that they were no strong enough to, to turn around and say, no we'll, we'll stick by a manager so they made a change and but that was after I think was here a couple of years at that point but, but it was great I, I still speak to him to this day they, he's a character and He's, he's done really well for himself. you see what he's won, and, and even with yeah. his growth, he's, he's, he's no mug. Yeah, he's done well, growth as well. No? He's done great. Yeah.
0: And, uh, but, uh, would you consider that your kind uh, best spell
1: of your career, like, just to get back to enjoying football again? That was the most enjoyable time. Most enjoyable. And, and that spell, fair. I think that would have been two thousand five. Two thousand five, right through till I got the job, the manager's job. Yeah, I was. Listen, it was I loved it every single minute for that time to that time. It was it was great. Yeah, I had great times at Kamala, I was there eight years and, and there was times when I was playing on the team and involved all the time and going on all your trips in Europe and stuff like that. Amazing. But for a personal point of view, that time when I went to party, someone just clicked Yeah. Every, my whole game. I, I got to that age where it would have been probably I think it'd have been twenty eight or twenty nine, maybe, when I went to party and I was just you're in your kind of prime, you, you know your position well and it just clicked for me and I sort of scored, scored goals and created loads of chances and loads of assists and stuff like that and it you know, just worked for me. Who would you say? The punters took to me, that was the big thing for me, the punters.
0: Yeah.
1: First, I remember the first game I signed with Partick Thistle, we played them down at home and I, I'd heard that they won over the Overlakeen and me signing for some reason and right. I don't know, the, the Airdrie Partick thing, there's always a big rivalry there okay. and we always used to I used to do no-pad against them. And uh, 20 minutes in it again, we're doing 2 and all at Hamid and Barton. And then I end up scoring 2 and setting up the, the, the winner for Big and Tala. And from that moment on, it was a fan favourite. And again, I'm there. I always got asked to play in charity games for them and stuff like that, And they bits and bobs. So again, obviously, well appreciate it. Great time ahead.
0: Brilliant. Uh, you move on to air. Was there a kind of feeling of going to the kinda of rivals of the club you, you started with.
1: Was there that kind of feeling of how am yeah. I going to be received now? Uh no, I was going to be received by the air fans. Yeah. I I knew that I didn't bother me in the slightest about because I played with Kamala. And I'm, I'm one of these guys that if somebody's willing to pay your wages and they're they're going to do that for you a, over a period of time. That's who you play for and listen, it. doesn't matter what you've done in the past. That like, what I hate is I see players that's maybe played for somebody for two years, they moved to another club to play against them, they score against them, they don't celebrate. Yeah. I know. burst my chops. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that team's not paying your wages anyway. Listen, if, if I'd played with against Kamala and I scored, I would have been right up to their fans like, cheering with them. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have had any sentiment whatsoever. Never, ever heard that in football. So when I went there, it was... Uh, did it feel like a right move? At the time, I went. that was me going for full-time football to part-time football. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd done that. But I was, 30, I think it was 33, maybe. 33, and it was maybe the time to... Maybe I don't need to be training five, six times a week. Uh, maybe training only the, twice a week and playing a Saturday. It did me the world of good, and it did. Because I felt better come a Saturday. I felt much fresher. And, again, I, I scored lots of goals. Although my first game against Raith Overs wasn't great. We were, and we were doing 2-0, and you're back to 2-H, and Ryan Stevenson had a shot, and it was going right in. hit me in the ass. <laughs> and deflected by the post, and all you heard was "You're a killy this, you're a killy that." <laughs> I was like, and then the next game I didn't score again. And the next game I was getting it. The punters were getting me a torrid time. And then the third game I think I scored, and then I think I constantly scored after that. And yeah, I ended up pretty much getting us promoted that season with my goals. So, but now I was, and then again i really enjoying my time there playing.
0: So mm-hmm. A couple of I like games I want to like touch on, the first one was the the infamous game against East Five, do you remember that? I
1: do, aye.
0: Four in yeah. three penalties, which is a hat-trick, but you also get sent off.
1: I did get sent <laughs> off, but I think I had a horrible away game the following week, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I got suspended for that. No, wait, I got three penalties, so I think I hit well, one down the middle, one to the right and one to the keeper's left. So I changed it up every time, but it was, I think it was the 95th minute or something like that when we go to the, the third penalty. A wee bit of pressure on, so I knew as soon as I scored I was going to run out of the fans. So one of the boys, Andy Rogers, actually gets the ball. When I've scored, it's come back out the night, he it has the fan out of the fans to celebrate. But it's weird, my way, one of their players runs out to try and get the ball, and he throws he just throws Andy Rogers into me. <laughs> and me out. So the red miss comes down, I get hot and I see who was, and I end up kind of, I end up. Kind of booking them and hooking them in the same time. <laughs> so we're walking back to the halfway line and uh, boys are like, oh, the boy's like, the ref seen that. I'm like, it's alright. The ref comes up to me and he's like, I didn't see that. I've got to, like, go to send you off. And I'm like, I've just scored the hat trick here. I'm going to match ball. I've got to send you off. And then it just clicked and I, I think we've got a game with Pete Red next to me. I need a no bother. <laughs> Red Care did the dressing. They melded on one free throw. So strange day, strange, strange day because I think there's only, I think there's only two Or three players ever done that. Mm. Scottish mm. Paul Hartley's one and Alan Russell was no Alan Russell, uh, Ian Russell. Right. The only one who scored a hat trick and penalty. So I ain't know in There's no many who's got the opportunity to do that in a game.
0: Mm-hmm. And as well as that, you scored the goal in the 1 0 win against Tibbs in the Scottish Cup. Talk me through that game.
1: Oh, that was that was a chop. Right. I, think, I think Ian Murray's still caught screwed in at the penalty spot. I <laughs> Uh, that was a great goal. To be fair, it was live on yeah. Sky. Aye, great I remember that. So we were in. We would have been in League One as they knew.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, it won the the Premier League at the time. Yeah. And yeah, they brought a good, good side at that point. They can do it. We, we actually played the first game at, at Easter Road. And we drew 0-0. Yeah, and
0: they
1: thought it was going to be too easy. So we could As soon as we knew we get the draw them, we get them back. to Somerset, he goes, we'll give them a tough time. Midweek game under lights at Somerset, say great atmosphere, live on the TV. Just, just brilliant if you speak to players that ever get the opportunity to do those type of games you just know you just, you're just you so confident in the game that you're going to beat them even if they're a couple of leagues up and it uh, turned out that way you scored that scored a great goal and you beat two or three players and put it in the bottom corner but and then Hibs Hibs were the better team that night but we we just had a feeling we were going to win and I mean, we were depleted we had a few injuries and suspensions yeah. for that game with a lot of young boys in the bench but again, it turned out that did you have a good relationship with Brian? Mead? I did. Aye, great. But uh, funnily enough, Brian has no spoke to me since the day that I got their job, which really? was disappointing for me. Aye, and you know, maybe I should have made, made an effort to speak to Brian, but I think Brian thought stuff on on his back there, right.
2: which
1: it didn't. And there was always there was always rumours going about if if Reedy had left or things weren't gone right because I was the older guy in the dressing room, though, and I had made it perfectly known that I wanted to get into coaching and management. He thought maybe something was going on toward in the background behind his back. It certainly wasn't the case, but he phoned me up the day that I got the job, and I says, listen, I get told the night before that you were told you wanted to get the job again. I goes, what am I made day? Phone you up straight away and tell you that. It's not my place. i only knew the night before. No. Uh, it was, that, that was I didn't like that, because that was horrible. And I've been in the the other side of that when I know things have been going on behind my back, but that yeah. was, it, was the case. And my relationship with Big Red was great, uh, brilliant. Again, I really liked him. He's where the when he brought me in when I was and I needed to to get kickstart because the party had slowed down a wee bit for him in the last few months. Uh, I Had a couple injury problems. Then when I went in here, he brought me in. So again, I'd, I had a great time with him. But again, I've not spoken for him a long time now. Mm-hmm.
2: Just before
1: I'm sure if i have see, sure seen him we would be fine but Aye. Yeah, that, that, that happens in fact but you know people for, for long periods of time spend day in day out with them and then you leave there and you don't speak to people that's what happened. Mm-hmm.
0: Just before we touch on you can I go into management we'll talk about the cup semi-final against Kilmarnock. Do you think we were unlucky that day?
1: No we were a disgrace. We were an absolute disgrace how we, we lined up. If, again, this is if go back to with Brian. This is the one thing that it does stick in my throat, William. I was I was captain at here at that point, and a few of the, the cup games leading up to it, I would have been on. I was on the bench I used to go with one up front and play play one of the kind of faster strikers who would write to run in the box and stuff like that. Fast players just make mistakes quicker. That's the, you, you play your best players, and I was obviously his top striker at that point, but. He didn't come to me, we stayed in the Marine Highland and the uh, game was on the Saturday. Saturday. Yeah it was Saturday morning, well, yeah. Right. And We stayed in the Marine Highland on the Friday, so I remember sitting on the Friday night just having a cup of tea with him, just sitting chatting away, talking about the game and stuff like that. And he hadn't mentioned Nandy's team, but I made an opportunity to make sure that it was just me and him, so he could give me the heads up. Because I, I knew I wasn't going to play, I had that feeling in my head, and as, as a player you know when you're going to get left out. so. I wanted to make it easier for him be me going and sitting and having a chat with him and I just waited and waited and he wouldn't tell me. I'm like, why is he not telling me? So he read, didn't even tell me before the game, he just read the team out and I wasn't playing. And I'm like, and straight away, I could, straight away, you know, when all the players just straight away look at me and there's nothing worse well, when you know, your, your teammates are looking at you going, how are you not playing? You're, like, well, You're the guy who's scoring all the goals for us that kind of gets us here. And, uh, that stuck in my, my throat, because I remember, we get Pete the game, and he came at me on the Monday and he apologised. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have left you out. First and foremost, I should have spoke to you before it and told you, considering you're the captain. I was like, listen, these things happen. Let it go. But it did great on there a wee bit. But, but and going back to the game, we get, I think, we, the way we set up. We just we set up to play for a nil-nil and get penalties. And then he brought me on there for an hour. And we didn't really start having a real go until probably... Extra time, and then when we did put a wee bit of pressure on command, we got a wee bit nervy because yeah. they, they did, they got a wee bit nervy for five ten minutes, but they ended up getting the goal. And it was, you know, it was a travesty of command, didn't they? Then they get through that day again. That was we, I think we had 12,000 people at the game, no, nah, it was, it was 4, crazy. 000, on, look, and 12,000 for us, or whatever it was. And I to go there and no have a goal. I'd rather get beat three four nil there and had a real goal command and see what they had rather than just sit there and basically. I've bumper. Basically I can come out a come at your game at Hamden, you're wanting to go out and have a real goal. And I hate I hate the nowadays in terms of when the teams just like right sitting and play for the draw and all that. I can't be bothered with it. watching Scotland. Sitting with behind the ball. Why? Yeah. I don't want to yeah. have a goal team it doesn't matter who you're playing against. But and I, I went to see Kamala playing Rangers the other week then it's the exact same. They sat behind the ball and if we can go out here we're then great. And they end up getting beat 2-0 so why not have a goal anyway? No. But I don't like the negative side of things like that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I really don't.
0: So obviously you you can move on to management. How did you as you say, like did you get a feeling that there was something coming? Like did you with Brian Reid, Did you, was it just completely out of the blue?
1: Well, <laughs> Ben Street get two promotions, two promotions and, and two relegations. So he get promoted, yeah. relegated, promoted, relegated. And I think leading up to the end of the second relegation. That was I, I think he knew he was going to leave at that point or I think the club were always gonna make a change. And again, when he being the, the kinda of older experienced one there and my relationship with the with the chairman was brilliant. And when he came to me and asked me, I couldn't say no. Yeah. I really couldn't say no, but in hindsight I wish I did. And I wish I had waited or I wish I'd even been in as an assistant first. But I couldn't have it down. Thirty six I was I was coming to the end of my career, you know playing career and an opportunity again to be a, a first team manager at a decent club where I had done really well as a player so everyone was pointing towards me I do it, do it but when I look back now there was a lot of signs there that I shouldn't have done it I wasn't allowed to bring my own assistant manager in at the time Who was your assistant manager it, at the start? It was, it, was, it was David White who was in there he was the, the head of youth and I grew up with David Faye playing the East Airship Boys Club in the Belfield and he was in the command as well when we signed his kids so but I needed an older, experience head in with anyway, me, and it wasn't until the second year that I got Andy Mellon, Yeah. I was I'd get Andy Millen in the first year, and then I could have went and played for a full season, which would have made this better, because still, I still had a lot in the tank at that point. Uh, and it was a tough job to be a player manager as well, really, unless you've got that strong, experienced guy on the side with you. But tough, tough job. Tough job, and once I did leave, once I did come out to that, relationship you built up with fans you've done well as a player you've scored a lot of goals so it just goes it goes because all they remember is uh, it didn't work as, for me as a manager but I didn't get any support there, no financial support whatsoever and I don't care what anybody says I know who players were on when I left signing guys like Gary Harkin for £900 a week, yeah. my for £300 a week so when you look at it in that scale how can you how can you succeed but I was expected to go and beat Dunfermline who were full-time Queen of the South who were full-time, Rangers were in the league at the time as well.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, we, we, can't, we can't compete with that. We were the second most budget in the league. But Breakin had a bigger budget, Stranar had a bigger budget. So, and people will not believe that, but I know exactly the numbers of what, what I had to spend on players and what other teams had to spend. And again, the, the the support network behind me there wasn't great at that point. And, Again, for me, my relationship with chairman is brilliant and still is. Still speak to him. Still send me Christmas cards and stuff like that. Still talk away. And when he comes out we go out for dinner and play golf and stuff. But yeah, I don't think I got to support that. He did, especially as a, a young manager standing out for the first time.
0: And do you think it was results as well? was, I know, was spell, was it six defeats in a row or something? And I think, was it Cowdenbeath that ended after that. I remember no, when-
1: that the Cowdenbeath one was the was it the, the playoff, the playoff yeah, uh, to go up. We, we, we finished in the top four that season when Rangers Rangers and the family were two full-time teams and then yeah. we won the, the top four the whole season mm-hmm. so that was kind of an, an achievement itself considering how bad the budget was so we go there and couldn't we we'll be for well was better than us that's the bottom of it. Greg Stewart and uh, Kane Hemmings uh, the yeah. two strikers they had, and they were a different level for and we had so maybe we couldn't cope with that but but because the the Expectation level here is false, and you know, there's, there's no realism with them. They, they thought that we should be going to crowd and beating winning the games easy over two legs, and it's not what that way. It certainly does not They were playing a league above us, we were playing with a team that pretty much was a League One squad at best. Maybe even some players that could probably maybe play in League Two, but we were playing with players that was looking, looking like Greg's shirt as we know, had a really good, good career done well with Kamala, obviously being at Rangers, and still at Rangers. So,
0: King Heming from down yeah. south as well.
1: so. Aye, maybe we, I got a tough time after that and I soul searched that summer whether I would go whether I was gonna continue. And then at the end of the day I was like, I'm not letting anybody drive me out. See if they don't, don't mind when That's the way I'm not walking away for nothing because if you walk away you look because as oh, you've 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 gave up and I, I didn't give up I wanted to go and fix it. Again the budget we go for one season was, was difficult to compete again and to pay guys sixty pound a week, eighty pound a week that was in the squad and we got a lot of injuries, I couldn't even bring other players in because there was no money there, and then obviously it went pear shaped at a point. So he knew it was coming, that's the horrible bit. Did you know it was coming? Oh I you know it's coming. And I remember saying to Andy Miller, I goes, this, this I think we started the season really well. I think we we won the first two games and I'm like after about fourth game I said to him, I goes, We've got a couple of injuries, we'll go out the door at Christmas. And I ended up the door on I think it was probably middle of December. Yeah, I just knew the mm-hmm. squad's poor it's so poor and I can't, can't go and say anybody else there's no money that's the best that I can get for the money that I've been given uh, and it was it just wasn't good enough it wasn't it and again it's a regret because I enjoyed I loved my time there but the fact that I left in such a sore will, will always stick with me to be fair as, as I say as a player I loved it as a manager I didn't mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So you move on to, you move on to Clyde as a player like, did you feel the kind of less stressed back playing just no matter
1: nothing else to worry about just play. that was it that was it actually I came out here and Darl Henderson to be fair phoned me up so he just wanted to come in and train and I'm like I ain't ball. I'd just kick a ball but I right. was at that stage where all I had to do was play fit Again, right. you know, I was whatever age I was 39 or whatever it was but I'm fit so I can still do it so I went in there trained a couple of days and I went well Fergie's phoned me up to see if I wanted to go in so so Barry Ferguson got, got me in pretty much training straight away and he's like, do you want to come on as a player coach? And I was like, aye, ah, sounds great. So done that for a year and a half, I think I've done that. Again, I go to that stage where you, when you've you been a manager and then you go there as a player. And I didn't play as much. Obviously, I was, nearly, I was 40 year old at that point, so I wasn't playing as much as what I wanted to. Yeah. and I wasn't yeah. making any big decisions in terms of like, you basically hired help for, for a manager and I me and Bob Malcolm were just these he's calendar kind of understudies and you're like I don't want to do that I do really want to go out here and I want to go and be my own guy again or I want to just go out and play and I decided to just leave and then I went and played for, for a couple of seasons What was
0: Barry Ferguson good. like? What was Barry Ferguson like as a manager? Because as a player obviously we know how good he was but what's he like as a, in the dressing room as a manager?
1: I He I would, what I would say with Fergie, I would, I would love to see Fergie at a bigger club
2: mm-hmm.
1: be better players because I think he would thrive on that. Really, he would be brilliant because his training was excellent. He's got an idea of how he wants to play, but when you're asking League Two players to, to play a certain way, some of them are on the capable, whether they're not good enough or they don't take the information on. And that was that was the case. And you'd see him getting frustrated and frustrated. And that. It's hard because these guys aren't the good enough to play the way he wanted to play. Yeah. but but his training was great. He's Obviously, he's old, he's old school to a certain extent. He, he knows how he wants to play the game. He's got a great work ethic. hates losing. And you know what? He was so unselfish because he did everything for the players. And I don't think he got enough back for them at Clyde. I think a lot of them just kind of, well, we get this. Was, listen, they didn't want for nothing. They got it looked after the best of everyone. And I think they kind of let him do a wee bit, to be fair. And then Parry's obviously <laughs> moved on and went to Kelty. And, but he's mm-hmm. done well. As well, but I do think he should be a manager at a, a much better level. But I do see how frustrated he got, and I'm like, it's hard because he's no, he's no working with players like he, he was playing with Rangers, he's working with the League Two players. And you, know, you can't ask League Two players today, but guys like, like De Boer and Mixon and me guys could be. Yeah. You know, so
0: you move on to actually, Queen's Park, uh, you move on to Queen's Park with Gus McPherson. Like, was that just I want to work with Gus?
1: He phoned me up. I was I was playing with horror fun. He phoned me up. Uh, he left a voicemail, he says, phone me. So I phoned him up and he's like, hey, do you want an assistant manager's job? Phone me back, let me know and put the phone down me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, <"Hey>, I was like, yeah, we shit. So I, to annoy him, I let it I let it go for a few days. Uh, how however you think about it. And I phoned him back up and says, hey, I'll do it. And I phoned I spoke to Dan Ennis and says, I'm gonna need to be his assistant manager. But goes in the Ms there. Three weeks and that he'd buggered off to some mum and I was left as an kind of interim manager for, for a couple of games that, or three games I think it was it at that point so I only lasted three I think he, was in, he couldn't handle me anymore and buggered off so <laughs> and he, he hadn't worked, me, worked with me in that capacity before so
0: was there a, When you get offered the Queen's Park job is there a, a thought of and then they go well then they go well the first time do you have that thought of do I want to do that again?
1: No I was Itching for it to be fair, it's completely different scenario for Air uh, United, uh, there is the expectation is no never near the same. The punters on the thing, oh, we should win this. We should be doing this. We're They thought we should be playing the Premier League and having great cup runs to semi-finals and stuff like that. That's how deluded they were at times. But hey, the, the Queen's Park one was was an interesting one because, example, classed as amateurs, so you're only paying them a penny, not not a dime. I think they both sorry they get their travel expenses, but. I said guys in the team you were getting 18 pound guys who'd played 400 games at senior level and right. they are getting 6 pound for a Tuesday 6 pound for a Thursday and 6 pound for a Saturday and <laughs> mental mm. I am like you could hear that there's actually coins in the wee brown envelope it was embarrassing <laughs> but it was a completely and utterly different different mindset going into be the manager of Queen's part and it was something that uh, I really liked enjoyed that I loved my time there really did and you're kind of peeing into the wind at times because you're, you're signing players for you the juniors and stuff like that and untried players it's maybe been at a senior club and yeah. again the two is unforgiving. There's a lot of decent decent pros doing there that know how to look after cell and how to play the game. Whereas it was it enjoyed it, I loved it, but it was it was it was kinda of different from the United situation. Again, yeah. what a club, Queens yeah. Park what a club. The facilities are phenomenal. You used to walk into Hamden on a Saturday and you're like, I must be no bad manager for all these <laughs> The facilities, and then you walk in the dressing room, going, "Aye, all right." <laughs> but a <laughs> yeah. no, great, great bunch of boys. Uh, that's how I loved my time there; really did. And I was disappointed to leave. And it was, it was it with my control while I left. So,
0: yeah, Scott McLean was on the first episode of us. He was telling the story about driving up with a heavy metal on.
1: <laughs> See, I, I used to take him up to save him petrol. So, so so you can spend these fourteen pounds and something. <laughs> So he didn't have to put it in his water, but aye, he's not the, the smartest of cookies. That wee guy, <laughs> <laughs> he's not the brightest. But what a great boy! Scotty, Scotty. was, to be fair, he done amazing for me. Scotty, Gus signed Scotty, and he, he played them. He wanted to play him kind of either way. or just off the front, and uh, as soon as I went in, I was like, ah, just Disney day enough. He Disney not and off. He's a wee bit lazy. He switches off. He's he's not concentrating on the game when he plays in that position. So. I went, I, I like playing a, a three five two or a three four three and I decided to change it and I'm, I pulled him in and I said, I'm gonna play your wing back. And he's like, wing back? I left wing back <laughs> <laughs> he's, not right, he's right good, so gotta play your left wing back. Uh, I'll talk you through it, I'll, I'll make sure you know what you're doing at every point in the game and where you need to be and I'll tell you what he was absolutely brilliant, really, really good and he took to it like a doctor water and he was concentrated for the full game whereas he couldn't switch off because I was constantly on his case because when you're playing full when you're playing wing back you need to still you need to concentrate going forward but you still need to do the other defensive side of things whereas when he plays as a winger he just pots about and does his own thing so but he thrived in that he yeah. did really, really well uh, but he's maybe one of the thickest players I can my first <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Were you disappointed with how it ended at Queen's Park?
1: Oh. I it was with my control uh, again I sensed it coming Right. Since coming, so Wally Hockey get involved probably around about the maybe October.
0: Was that when they were trying to buy Hamden? Uh...
1: No, well, I was. All that was going you know, on in the background and stuff like that. So, so Hockey comes. So Hockey comes in uh, as a kind of silent guy, and he, you know, Wally Hockey's got he's off three hundred million, four hundred million pound. So, as soon as he came in, the, the chairman came to me and says, "Oh, well, Hockey's wanting to come in and." When we because we were turning from amateur to professional at the yeah. time. And we worked hard doing that to, to get it through. So and I felt it was always a kinda of a big part of that. And so when he told me wally Hockey was coming, I'm like, oh, right, okay. So Wally Hockey's gonna he says Willie Hockey's gonna come in and pay for the plane budget, whatever that may be, whether it's a hundred grand, two hundred grand, five hundred grand, don't know. So see so as soon as he started to say that the money might be big and to it would be, I'm like, my time could be up here. And I said to the chief coy, so if I get into worry about you, I said, No, 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 just keep doing your you're doing. Listen, you're doing great. So I end up with I think in November, we had a great November. I think we managed around the month, we won four games in the bounce. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, he said, We're going to speak to Owen Coyle as a kinda of football director. He can yeah. be the top man and then, you be the manager and work underneath him. Listen, kind of, so i "Listen, I'm, I'm happy with that, obviously with my relationship with Owen Coyle. So yeah, Owen Coyle came in and get an interview and Quite keen on it, and then Coyle got offered the, the job at Chennai FC in India. Yeah. For 20 grand a week. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so that fell through. that fell through. I, I ended up getting manager the month that night, and I went into the, the coaches' room, and I said to my office, and I went, tell you what, I'll be here for Christmas. Again, just had that horrible, charming feeling. I'm like, what do you mean? we just one manager in month, we're flying, we're going great. It's like, yeah, someone's, someone's going in the background here. You know. The chairman was in a horrible situation, and he and I, I, he probably didn't like being in it because he knew more than what he was telling me. But he felt as though he couldn't tell me. He's never ever said that, but I know that'll be the case. He felt as he couldn't tell me what was happening. And then we played and doing it Annen just before Christmas, just between Christmas and New Year. And I finally left her again. I goes, seriously, you, you need to tell me because there's someone going on here in the background. I goes, hey, have I got to worry about? And he's like, I will just, I'll just, see you come in on Monday. and we'll, I need to just come in for about six o'clock Monday. And as soon as that happens, like, that's has i fun. So I went in, I just packed up my stuff before I went in and seen them. So it was all done behind my back. Was, again, if Molly Hockey had phoned me up and just said, listen, I'm going to bring my own guy in, then uh, fair enough. You've got my respect. There no one's to try speak to me. And that, again, that sticks in your throat and all. But nah. that was fine. <laughs> and, and don't let anybody tell you that it's this all, it's this happy, great, everybody's on nice, teaching now that it's not. And it's cutthroat and there's a lot of shite sh- sh- that goes on the background. so. Mm-hmm. But that's what it is, and then, I've been out since, obviously, just the Christmas last year there, and, and we're well done now. that's what we're up to at the moment.
0: So would you take another job in management mm-hmm. if
1: you got offered? Uh, I've been offered a couple of assistant manager jobs since then, and it's, it's no, no been for me, it's no been right. Again, I'm glad that I'm knowing it now. Mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, I, goes, I don't want to be in it this or this uncertainty here. Uh, but once it all starts, and you know, all the fans come back, and they speak to all my pals and coaches and they're away doing this on Saturday, aye, I'll, I'll get the action and i want to get back in so I a a day I, I will I'll want to get back in at some point so, right. but at this moment in time I, I, I wouldn't thank you for it you know but we'll see if, then again if somebody offers me something I, I, that interests me or I basically i basically like a day I'll go and do it so we'll see Are you alright
0: you backfire just to aye uh, who would you say is the best player you ever played with? Uh, it's difficult.
2: God, there's so many. Uh,
0: Charles McCluskey. Aye. Best, Aye bag- best, bag- Brilliant. best player you ever played against?
1: Low drop on Aye, probably probably going because it was mere near directly against him. He was just a bumpot. <laughs> he was so good. He was, he was like made up. he was like made of iron. And it? He was a dirty bugger but he was brilliant, he was constantly mouthing and that was phenomenal. Aye, was probably the best Richard Goff's the best defender I've played against by a mile. He was near different. <laughs> I mean, uh, favourite ground you've ever played at? Tiny Castle when it's full. Is I aye? aye, that feels great. Uh, Ibrox is great today because I think we always, I personally always done okay there, and command have done well there, and even with the other teams we've and they're doing enough play. done well, but uh, no, Tynecastle when it's when it's full and it's rock, I used to just great because you're straight and closed, and it feels as though there's about forty thousand people in there, and a kind of smaller stadium, brilliant. What yeah, would you say
0: is uh, an interesting fact about yourself that nobody else would know?
1: <laughs> interesting i don't know i'm a heavy metal freak i'm into, I'm into the rock music i'm the only heavy metal rocker in scottish fitber
0: what's your favorite band
1: hey oh god that's tough all. because i like i like some of the softer stuff and i like some of the heavier stuff i was metallica probably uh,
0: uh, and what would you say was your favorite kind of film or tv show the favourite film Bad Boys aye. aye Aye Aye, Bad Boys Aye, definitely And Boyd. Last of all You are The best manager You played under
1: Burns Burns Aye by My mile Ian McCall's the best man manager I've played under But Burns is the best manager McCall made you feel though so you were pelly Every time you Used to do a team talk And I couldn't wait For these team talks Used to get butterflies in my stomach I like used to go around every day individually and we'd get these big paper and he'd write all his notes on and he'd get to you and you'd just, you'd, just, you'd honestly, you went out there as well. you were the best player in the world. And I loved that, I loved that. And listen, didn't it didn't always work out for you when you out in the pitch, bit. but when you did feel that way, it, was, it gave you a wee edge. You know, it was always a great stand block for you. So.
0: Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on, I can't thank you enough. It's been great awesome. to listen. Thanks Bye. very much. Cheers. Cheers. Mark. Cheers.